Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 154. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary, hanging out with you for this next little episode here uh, on the Just Jets podcast. I'm excited to get into some draft conversation. The Senior Bowl is this week. Actually, fun fact, Green Bean and Dom C are heading down to the Senior Bowl. So uh, if you're watching or listening to this after or on Wednesday or at any point, you will notice that, hey, on the Talking Jets panel, Green Bean wasn't there on Tuesday night. And the reasoning behind it was because he's heading down to the Senior Bowl. So we're going to have some great info from him at some point. Uh, and But I wanted to talk to you about players to watch. And then we're going to go through uh, the voicemails. But before we do that, we have breaking news from our friends over at Manscaped. They are now selling beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you could look or you, now you could finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using my code JETS20 JETS20 for 20% off and free shipping anywhere you are. Anywhere around the country, anywhere around the world, you're getting free shipping 20% off with my code JETS20. Get yourself something nice. So let's hop into the episode today because, like I said, kind of wanted to do some uh, some senior bowl talk and some draft talk because right now it's been heavy quarterback talk, which is fine. I like talking about the quarterback. It's obviously a big need for this New York Jets football team going into the 2023 season uh, and over the next few weeks. We're going to be discussing Derek Carr and Jimmy G and Aaron Rodgers and Lamar and, you know, all these different guys. We've talked about it ad nauseum, so I think it's good to change it up. And with the Senior Bowl this week, there's really a few spots or, or a few really, I guess, guys that I wanted to key in on and that I will be personally focusing on. And for you listening at home or watching at home, you guys can let me know in the comments or on social media who are players that you were kind of interested uh, in taking a look at and who do you want the Jets to either draft from the senior bowl or someone you're like, hey, you know, this is a guy I really think is uh, worthwhile and I think, you know, worth mentioning in, in the senior bowl and keep a close eye on him because, you know, the Jets were very involved in the last few years and they've taken players uh, who were there at the senior bowl. If you remember, Jermaine Johnson was someone who had a phenomenal senior bowl performance so much so that he went home uh, in the middle of, of the week. He didn't end up playing in the game uh, at the end of the week, which I believe is on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. But really, the big storyline isn't so much the the game itself. It's more the the lead up and the practice and what you see uh, from that. So we'll go through. Actually, I, I, there's three positional groups that I really wanted to you know, hone in on here. Uh, and that's quarterback, offensive line, and interior defensive line. And uh, you know what? Also, linebacker as well. That's another one that I think is... Uh, worthwhile to bring up here for uh, just positions that I think are going to be ones that are positions of need for this New York Jets team. Okay, so quarterback, when you're saying, well, Matt, didn't you say you don't want the Jets to draft a, a big time, you know, a quarterback in the first round? Yeah, I, I agree with that. But is there a world where the Jets could take a developmental guy and sit them behind Rogers or Carr and have them, you know, work behind with Zach Wilson and hope that one of those guys develop. Yeah, I think there's a world for that. And there's three names really here uh, that stick out. Max Duggan from TCU is someone who uh, really got a lot of love this year in the college football season. And for good reason. I mean, TCU went pretty far uh, in the playoffs and uh, they 
had a great season and a good offense. And that's obviously something that I, I think is going to be um, fair, farewell for him and for his draft stock. Uh, he's participating in the senior bowl. Um, there, there are some things with uh, Duggan that I, I like, and I think is, you know, reasonable for uh, you in order to, you know, potentially pull the trigger on him. I don't, I don't think it would be anything uh, super crazy. I don't expect him to go crazy, crazy high, I mean, you know, in the, fifth or sixth round, really, uh, maybe even seventh, but somewhere on day three, I guess is the best way to say it. And really all three guys here that I have are day three guys, but Duggan's one uh, from TCU. Jake Hayner from Fresno State. Uh, I, I like his game. He's kind of a playmaker. He's a little bit on the smaller side, which I think is part of the reason why he's a day three prospect, but he'd be someone that I'd be remotely interested in in trying to get him going as a developmental pick. And someone else that I like a lot is Clayton Toon from Houston. So what I like the most about Clayton Toon is one, his size, but he's not, he doesn't really do anything flashy, but he's pretty accurate from uh, in the short to intermediate stuff. Doesn't have a great deep ball. I mean, if these guys did, they'd be going a lot earlier than uh, day three. But um, I, I think of this batch, you're kind of just wanting to see how these guys handle uh, NFL workouts. And while it, you're not going to really be focused and no one really at the senior bowl is someone who's going to go like crazy, crazy high in the draft. Usually uh, at the quarterback position, Hayner, Duggan and Toon are my guys on like day three. If you want to throw a dart at the quarterback position, those would be three guys that I'd potentially be interested, uh, interested in uh, the offensive line is going to be a huge one. And most of these guys, that I'm going to list off aren't really what names you're going to hear for like pick 13, but just in general. So Blake Freeland, the offensive tackle from BYU, you know, BYU, they always seem to have a really good offensive line. Um, He looks more like someone who's going to go on day two. And the reason why I bring that name up as someone to watch is because if for whatever reason, a, the jets trade pick 13 for Aaron Rodgers, let's say, or B, maybe they do surprise us and draft uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba or someone like that at pick 13. Or maybe they go defense and go with a safety or a linebacker. You know, wh- whatever. Any position other than offensive tackle, you would think that, okay, depending on what they do in free agency, you got to take some kind of swing at some point and some point quick. And Blake Freeland in the second round seems like someone who, at least in my opinion, would be have a shot, I guess, at starting in year one and being okay in year one. He's someone who I'd be a little bit comfortable with that. The next guy from the offensive line list, Jarrett Patterson, the guard from Notre Dame. Now, that's someone who's probably a early day three guy, but there's a world, it's probably a small world, but there is a, a world where uh, the Jets want to keep AVT at tackle and maybe they want to draft uh, a guard to compete with Herbig or maybe a developmental guy to have there for when uh, you eventually move on from Lincoln Tomlinson, which with how he played is probably going to be a little bit sooner rather than later. Uh, Patterson, someone from Notre Dame, who I think is someone who, uh, while doesn't have that immediate day one impact, I think can be a developmental piece. I like his size, solid player. But my favorite of the bunch, at least from the offensive line perspective, is John Michael Schmitz. You've heard me talk about him in mock drafts and just uh, my offseason fix for the Jets. 
Someone who I think is probably going to go in the second round. He's a center from Minnesota. He has been a starter at Minnesota for a very, very long time and has had a ton of success. If you're moving on from Connor McGovern, or even if you don't, I think it might be worthwhile to take that swing because the center position, let's face it, the Jets have been trying to figure out a long-term solution for it ever since Nick Mangold walked away at the end of the, what was that, 2016 season? Uh, and, and things, you know, they haven't really had a long-term solution fix. You had what Wesley Johnson after that, and then uh, that was a couple of years. And then they tried um, Khalil, right? Ryan Khalil. Matt, I always mix up Ryan Matt Khalil. Uh, I think Ryan Khalil. That did not work. That was a band-aid fix that uh, was attempted, but it did not really work out. And then after that, you brought in uh, McGovern, who is okay. But you could upgrade and, you know, you don't really know if that's a long term answer there Um, with Schmitz. That's someone who could grow with the rest of this young offensive line with AVT uh, and even potentially, hey, maybe potentially a tackle. Can you imagine uh, Douglas going tackle and center back to back picks Uh, might not be the necessarily the sexiest thing, but they need to get this offensive line right. No matter who is playing at the quarterback position, young, old. 40 years old in Aaron Rodgers, 32 years old in Derek Carr, uh, Jimmy G, Ryan Tannehill, whoever the hell is playing quarterback for this team. You got to be able to protect those guys. Um, as for the uh, interior defensive line, there were a couple guys that I wanted to mention here who interest me. The big one is Siaki Ika, who I don't know if he makes it to where the Jets are picking in round two. He may end up going in round one even. Um, I He is just from, from Baylor is a beast in the in the middle of that field. He is just an absolute monster and the thought of him on the defensive line next to Quinn Williams is just so 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 fascinating. And I I know defensive tackle or interior defensive line is something that Jeff fans don't really want to talk about a whole lot because you have Quinn Williams and you've drafted that position God knows how many times. Quinn in 2019. Uh, in 2015, it was Leo Williams. Then in 2013, it was Sheldon Richardson, Muhammad Wilkerson in 2010. Uh, you know, they they invested a lot in that position over the years and a lot of draft capital. So I get it. I understand why people don't love talking about it. It's not my favorite thing to talk about either, but Siaki Ika, man, is someone that I know I'm going to be keeping an eye on just because I think he could be a dominant, dominant force. And then the other uh, interior defensive line guy I like is Byron Young from Alabama. Alabama boy to pair with uh, Quinn Williams. How about that? Uh, There's a lot of guys on this list. He's probably not someone who's going to go super, super early in the draft. Um, But again, with when you're looking for uh, needs on this Jets team, interior defensive line depth, not necessarily a starter, but depth is where they could uh, potentially improve depending on what happens there. Sheldon Rankins is a pending UFA. So maybe you don't bring him back. Same with Nathan Shepard. There's a chance that he walks at the, um, I almost said at the end of the year, it is the end of the year uh, that he walks in free agency and signs somewhere else. So uh, the Jets might have to do some filling in there on the interior of uh, that line. Now, <clears throat> as for the linebacker room, there's a couple that really stand out that I like. Uh, DeMarvian Overshone from Texas is a player that I really, really like a lot. He's a converted uh, safety down to linebacker. He's someone who, um, you know, he's played linebacker in college, though. So it's not like a Jamie and Sherwood or Hasman Nasrul Dean kind of uh, converted a safety to linebacker. Uh, he covers really well. He's someone who I think is probably third round pick. Maybe he falls to the fourth round in that third or fourth round. 
Um, I like him a lot, and I would, I'd be thrilled if the Jets are able to land him. Two other guys, Henry Tutu from Alabama, Alabama linebacker, and Dorian Williams from Tulane, uh, a nice athletic linebacker there. But um, that's a position that I think people are going to be uh, focusing in on for the New York Jets. Based on Robert Sala's history, I don't necessarily see him drafting a linebacker early, meaning like the first maybe two rounds. But would it shock you to th- if he really likes somebody to draft him in the third or fourth, maybe fifth round, say, like, I can get something out of this guy? That feels more the Robert Sala way. They found Quincy Williams on the scrap heap, and he turned him into a pretty good player. Um, obviously, CJ Mosley was paid uh, big bucks uh, to come here, and he has had success with CJ Mosley, but... Uh, guys like Quan Alexander, who low-cost free agent comes in and plays pretty well. Uh, Quincy Williams, who was a waiver wire claim, if I'm not mistaken, comes in and plays really well. So I don't think they're going to necessarily spend a premium first or second round pick on that position. I'm not against it because I think it's an important position of need for this team, but uh, I personally am not against it. And then at the safety position, there's a few who stick out here, really two that are guys that are, that are favorites of mine. Uh, the first is Jordan Battle from Alabama. He was someone that I really wanted the Jets to draft last year, but did not come out. He decided to go back to school and back to Alabama, and that actually might have hurt his draft stock. I think he was probably an early second-round pick last year, and now he might end up falling a little bit. But that's a player that I still really like a lot uh, and I think would be an immediate guy who could come in and play. And the other guy who is going to be there, uh, at the Senior Bowl, who is a safety that I think could come in and play right away, is J.L. Skinner from Boise State. He just makes plays. He flies around the field, comes down to line of scrimmage, and can make plays. Uh, can play safety or uh, strong safety or free safety. Uh, they like the Jets like those versatile guys. And plus, with J.L. Skinner's in particular, he's a much bigger safety. The Jets are so small at the safety position, or they've been so small. Uh, he's 6'4". I, I want to get what his weight is. Um, he's 6'4", 220. So, big, big, big boy. They got beat, and you know they their safeties couldn't really tackle all that too well, and they were small. Both Jordan Whitehead uh, and LaMarcus Joyner are on the smaller side. They need that big physical safety. I think uh, Skinner could play that role uh, and, and play it really well. So, those are at least the ones that I just rattled off. Those are guys that I'm really excited to watch at the Senior Bowl. You, As I said at the top, you guys can let me know who you are focusing in on. And I can't wait to chat it up with Green Bean after you know this week and see who stood out um, to him, at least, for, for being there down on the ground. But it's starting to be that draft season. I love this time of year. It's a ton of fun. Uh, and it's time to start focusing on positions uh, other than, you know, starting quarterback, because that's been what we've talked about a bunch pretty much since the season was over in, in January and now heading flipping the calendar into February. But it's time to start thinking about other directions, too. There are other needs on this team, and I'm not saying they're more important than quarterback. They're not. That's the most important position. But uh, you also have to be able to figure that stuff out as well. So we're going to get into the voicemails, but before we do that, wanted to mention the giveaway that I'm doing with BUSR, the official sports book of Matt O'Leary and why sign up using my link BUSR.com slash Matt and receive an entry to win an $1,000 free bet for the big game. February 6th is the cutoff point, so you have plenty of time to look at the, the spreads and all the different kinds of prop bets that you can put in at BUSR. So make sure to sign up using my link 
Uh, you have to February 6th, and one lucky winner will be announced. It's a winner take all. You get a call from BUSR to congratulate you. You get mentioned in a video from me. So make sure to sign up using my link. Now it's time to get into the voicemails. First up, we're going to go out to Richard calling in from Nevada. He wants to talk about taking a big swing for Aaron Rodgers. All right, let's do it. What's up? It's Richard from Nevada. What's I'm, I'm going to go ahead and try to shorten this one because this is my second attempt on this one. <laughs> um, this is I'm calling basically on Thursday after Nathaniel Hackett just got signed as the OC. I want to put a question to Jets fans who are against the Aaron Rodgers potential trade, if if this were to be a thing that happens. Um, say, oh, it's going to cost too much. It's going to cost too much for the first round picks and everything. Why are you so concerned with these picks? My question to you guys is, if you're so worried about losing two first round picks or whatever the cost is going to be, uh, whether it's conditional with Joe Douglas doing this or that. If you're so worried about losing these picks, who is it that you're so worried about missing out on in this draft? This next draft is not that crazy. At least I don't believe it to be. Like, are you worried about losing on the offensive tackle? Okay, yeah, sure, you can make the argument. But who's more important than getting you to a Super Bowl? If you're telling me that, that one offensive tackle with, like, okay, let's say a Derek Carr is going to get you there, then, okay, I'd be willing to listen to that. But who is so important that you're so concerned on losing these picks? Like, we're not going to lose out on Sauce Gardner. We're not going to lose out on Garrett Wilson or any of these other kind of amazing picks that just happened within this draft. So who is it? Who is Who is so important that, Rogers is assuming that that's the trade if that's going to happen. Who is so important that you're willing to say, I don't want to miss out on that guy? I just want to know because it seems like, oh, well, we can't trade these first round picks. We can't do it. We can't do it. Who? So then tell me who. Who is so much that much more important than? I like that. Anyway, thank you. Matt, I love your channel. Hit that like and subscribe, guys. You have a good night. Appreciate it, Richard. Thank you so much for checking in with us here on the show. Uh, I like the point that you bring up. And while two firsts scares me a little bit, um, especially this year's first round pick, uh, I've said it before, but I think it's probably more likely to be a second round pick and a conditional first round pick next year for Rodgers under the condition that he's like on the roster at the start of the league year or something, something like that. But even if it is the two first picks, if there was ever a time to do it, it's right now. The Jets have had the first round picks over the last two years. They have had seven top 40 picks. That's not seven first and second rounders. Well, yes, some of them are in the second round, but top 40. That means like right at the start of the second round. Brees Hall was taking pick 36. Elijah Moore was taking pick 34. Those are guys who are taken immediately at the top of the second round. And yeah, there's some misses in there, including Garrett uh, uh, Wilson, Rother Wilson, Zach Wilson, who looks like the miss right now. And hopefully Elijah Moore snaps back on track. But a lot of your core is here. You need to figure out quarterback. And if that's what it costs, that's what it costs. Would I prefer not to give up 13 because you need to find an offensive tackle? Yes. 
Yes, I would. But if it came down to it and that's the play, then that's the play. And you know what, Joe Douglas, you got to figure it out at that point. Figure out another way to get an offensive tackle in here. I don't care who it is, but just find a way. If there was ever a time for you to put your chips into the table and go for it with picks, it's now after you've had deep draft classes. In 2020, I know that this, looking back on it now, it doesn't look good. You had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine picks that year. In 2021, you had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten picks in the 2021 draft. And this past year, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all of which were in the top four rounds, mind you. You did the draft capital thing. You traded away your guys in uh, Leonard Williams and Jamal Adams and Sam Darnold in order to get you to this point where you got your young core. Great. It's okay to give up draft picks for established players sometimes. I'm not saying, you know, you got to do it forever. You got to turn yourself into the Los Angeles Rams and never have a first round pick until the sun explodes. But if there was ever a time where it was like, okay, Joe, you did your rebuilding phase. Now you got to really get into the aggressive phase. If not now, when? You just, it would be never, it would be, the answer would be, it would be never. And it's not a perfect plan because the perfect plan was that your number two pick would work out. It didn't. Unfortunately, Zach Wilson does not look like the answer. He does not. So you have to call an audible and you have to get creative. If that's what it costs, you do it. I'm with you, Richard. Good call. Let's go to Constantine calling in from Florida. He's running through a few off season headlines and some rumors. Let's talk it through with our guy, Constantine. Hey, Matt, it's Constantine from Florida. How you doing, buddy? Haven't talked in a while. It's kind of bummed out now for me that uh, we can't talk about any more Jets games, but looking forward to next season and talking with you big time and all the Jets fans. Thank you. A couple of thoughts. Uh, I like the Nathaniel Hackett hire. Even though he wasn't a good head coach, a lot of coordinators don't become good head coaches. Look at Todd Bowles. True. Um. So that's one aspect of the uh, spectrum. The other is the three quarterbacks that I think would fit the Jets moving forward. As I've said in the past, Derek Carr, uh, I think Rodgers makes sense now that we have Nathaniel Hackett as the OC. And... As much as it's an outside shot, Lamar Jackson would be a nice addition, but can you really trust him? Can you really rely on him? And as far as Aaron Rodgers is concerned, he's had back-to-back MVPs. There's no question he's a good quarterback, great quarterback. But is he going to hold the Jets hostage like he did Green Bay? You know, there has to be a line drawn. There's got to be something along the lines where – you know, Aaron, if you're going to come to New York, you can't be pulling that shit you pulled off with Green Bay with us. We're not here to play games. We got a team that's serious. We haven't won in a very long time. We want to start a winning tradition. Other teams are making their chess moves, and we need to make ours. So if you're going to be serious about joining the Jets, we don't want to hear about any of these cryptic messages or any of the crap that you like to pull from time to time. Just go out there, play football, do the best you can, because he's going to make a ton of money in New York just on endorsements alone. Think sure. about it. As far as the Jets are concerned, Brees Hall, very important uh, aspect of our offense. 
Hopefully, God willing, he comes back healthy. And as far as the wide receivers are concerned, I think we're pretty good there. Now, as far as Zach Wilson staying on the team, I'm not about that. I think okay. that he's had ample opportunities to prove something to us, and he's proved nothing. As far as I'm concerned, it might be better for both sides to just go their separate ways. I think we should keep Mike White regardless of who we get as a veteran because I think he could be developed into a great backup, kind of like Pat Ryan behind Ken O'Brien. Well, tell me what you think, and as always, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 let's go. See you, buddy. I appreciate it, Constantine. Great call. Uh, so let's go through and talk about the couple things that you brought up here, starting starting from the top. Um, with Rodgers and the Hackett connection, that's one that a lot of people are going to make. And I, I understand some of your concerns. Like, is he a perfect guy to deal with off the field, right? Uh, no, I think he makes some things a little bit complicated. I also think some of the things that he says and does – Get a little bit blown out of proportion. Not all, but some. Uh, I really do. Um, and it also, like, I think it's worth the risk. I know he had a little bit of a down year for his standards. 3,695 yards, 26 touchdowns, 12 picks, a 91-1 quarterback rating. He played all 17 games. He's playing through a broken thumb this year. In 2021 and 2020, he had uh, over 4,000 yards and was the MVP in both those years. 37 touchdowns, 48 touchdowns in 2020. Would he be 48 and five with the Jets? 48 touchdowns, five interceptions? I don't know about that, but would you sign up for, even if it's the 4,200 yards and 32 touchdowns and 10 picks? Probably. Yeah, you probably are with the fact that he could turn it on and make those throws like at any second like that. I think you do it. I understand why uh, your fear there. And Derek Carr, I would be okay with bringing in Carr. I really would. I think that's fine, too. Uh, some people, they can't stand that idea, maybe because it would be like such a tease with all the, the Lamar and uh, Rogers thing just to get Carr, but I don't think Carr is nearly as bad as what some people make it out to be. Is he an elite, elite quarterback? No. Can he be the 12th best quarterback in the league, and can you win a lot of games with him? Yes, I think he can, especially with how good this defense is, um, which is something that he's never, ever had. Uh, in his entire career. He's had bottom-of-the-league defenses most of his career. I, I understand the cryptic messages thing. Brees, I'm excited to say, you know, we saw him earlier this week. He was uh, running in on the treadmill in that uh, zero-gravity contraption thing. Looks wild, but good good on him. Hopefully he comes back and is uh, just as strong. And then the, the last part that you really got into there with Mike White is an, and Zach Wilson, we'll do both of those guys, uh, is, is an interesting one. I probably lean more towards uh, stashing Zach and seeing if you can develop, continue his development just because of where you, you invested a second overall pick in him. I don't know if you want to pull the plug on it just yet, but at the same time, like I'm not naive to the argument or the, you know, the side of the coin that says, you know what, just better off moving on. Maybe he needs a fresh start and it's probably best for both sides. If they ended up doing that, as you're saying here, uh, Constantine, I would get it. You know, and I wouldn't be upset with it. I would think it's, you know, you're right. He was given the opportunity. Um, and if they decided to move on, I guess I couldn't blame them. I'm not at that point, but I get it. And with Mike White, depends on how much. 
There was a report from Samini yesterday that he was saying he can fetch between four and eight million dollars, which isn't super surprising. It depends on who you're bringing in, right? Because if you're bringing in Rodgers or cards, you need an eight million dollar backup. Now, if you're bringing in Jimmy G, then hell yeah, you do because Jimmy G might get hurt. If you're bringing in Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill's been hurt, and is he really that much better than Mike White? So I would say it kind of depends on who comes in here. I agree with that. I think he could be a really good backup and spot starter. That's what we. That's what at least I took away from this year. You had some who were like, oh, no, this guy just stinks. He can't play, which I don't think was fair. Um, and then you have people who are like ready to crown him the franchise quarterback, which I also think was a, a little premature. I think he's fine as a spot starter and and backup. And if you know he sticks around for five million dollars on a two year deal, then great. I think that would be uh, a plus here. Let's go out to Nick calling in from New Jersey. He wants to talk about ownership. All right, cool. Let's do ownership. Hey, Matt, it's Nick from New Jersey. Just want to call in and just give my thoughts on um, probably ownership and quarterback situation. That's a better way to say. Um, so do you think that Woody is kind of like pressuring Salah to make these kind of moves and JD like saying that maybe a rookie's not speeding up the process. So he's looking to add a veteran to see some results quicker and to give the guy some time or what Mike LaFleur said had some maybe inner thoughts to what the organization was already thinking before Mike LaFleur was fired. Um, amongst things. And I think that him putting out there that he wants a veteran and not going after someone specific is a little bit better than making the Jets go for Tebow just to have ticket prices. But um, I, since Woody has said it, I think it's just him putting pressure saying that we should. So if he's willing to spend and he's not saying we need Rodgers, but if he's open to saying that we need Carr, I'll make happen. Lamar Jackson, if you have to pay him. So do you think anything is coming from Woody and that's what's going to speed up this process and they're possibly on the hot seat next year? So, and maybe that's why we have to bring in a veteran OC. So I'm sorry to make a long voicemail, no, you're good. but just a lot with Woody Johnson and he's increasing ticket prices. Maybe that's to pay for Rodgers. But anyway, um, what's, just let me know your thoughts and go Jeff. Yeah, maybe maybe he is uh, involved in some way. I, I think him saying, one, him saying that quarterback was the biggest need for this team, and number two, saying that he's willing to spend, That that's it. That's all you need. I, I didn't even necessarily really like that he's answered any questions about what this team needs. Just provide the money and let the football guys do the football guys thing. That's what I would strive to be as an owner. Provide all the resources necessary for the football people that you hire to run your football team. Now, for the raising the ticket prices, I hate that. I feel for season ticket holders so, so, so much. Uh, it, it, it ain't right. From the PSLs to the, the price of for parking and for uh, for your ticket and for it to go up after missing the playoffs for the 12th straight season? Come on. Were there exciting moments this year? Yeah, there was. There were 7-4. and four. We get it. We know the whole drill. There's a lot. There's positives to take from this season, no doubt. But, man, that ain't right. It's really not. I feel for season ticket holders. I would never be an NFL season ticket holder, uh, mainly because of that reason. But also, I personally, I 
I like to go to maybe one game, one or two games a year at the most, um, because I think it's a better experience watching from home. I feel like I don't miss as much. And number two, like you can check in on on the other games uh, and not during the Jets game. I'm locked in on the on the Jets. But then right after the Jets game's over, when I go up to record the post game uh, content, boom, flip right over to red zone. Uh, you know, drink my own drinks. Bathroom's five feet away from me. Uh, don't have to pay out the wazoo for for parking and food and all that stuff. So. Uh, for the atmosphere, I like to go maybe once or twice a year, but yeah, that ain't, that ain't right. But I think Woody would like Aaron Rodgers. Like if the, if you're asking, do you think Woody Johnson really wants Aaron Rodgers to be the guy? Potentially, maybe he does, but, um, I think he should just leave it as I'm willing to, you know, support Joe and whoever he wants. I'll, uh, I'll pony up the money for it. Let's go to Lou who is calling in, who wants he wants to take a victory lap on the Jets' shortcomings? Oh, boy. Lou, what do you got? So I'm calling back after a year and a half. This is the worst caller, as you dubbed oh. me. My name is Lou, L-O-U. I don't know why you didn't understand it last time. You didn't mention it the first so time. So let's get back. A year and a half ago, I said Becton would not play. He'd be injured all the time because he was too big. Not too fat, too big. You said I was wrong. Well, what happened two years later? He played one game. And again, he wasn't that good his first year. If you look at the facts, he played 70% of the snaps, was tied for fifth, most sacks allowed, tied for fifth, most penalties allowed. He wasn't that good. He was ranked 29th by PFF. That doesn't make him a stud. Makes him average. Good PFF ratings. That's always I said Zach Wilson should not have been drafted. He was only drafted again because he's white and, you know, our owner is a MAGA guy. He's a MAGA guy. You know, connect the dots. And you laughed. Again, I'm the worst caller. And what happened two years later? Look at your track record. You gave the 2020 draft an A. Yeah, that was wrong. You said Nick Seriano yeah, yeah. was going to be a bust. Robert Sala was better than him. No, I didn't. I don't get it. I don't get the fascination with Joe Douglas. He is a horrible GM. He is the first GM in our history to have four losing seasons. And all you guys do, all of you slappies on this internet, slappies. all of you guys do is defend him. I don't understand it. It's a horrible GM. He needs to go. Robert Sala needs to go. I just don't get it. And again, you could dub me the worst call or whatever, but the facts are the facts. You give opinion, I give facts. Which one is right? Hey, and another thing, anytime you or any of the other guys with a microphone, whatever, want to debate how bad Joe Douglas is, I'd be more than happy to, more than happy. But as a Jets fan for 42 years, he is horrible. He needs to go. I don't understand why you guys, all you do is defend him. The worst. He makes Idzik and Magnum look good. Okay, that's just ridiculous. Look, I I don't think Joe Douglas is someone who doesn't deserve any kind of criticism because, as I said, both he and Robert Salah should be on a playoff mandate for 2023. But if you are saying that John Idzik and Mike McCagnin are better general managers than Joe Douglas, I don't know what you are watching with your two eyeballs, Lou. And the reason why I didn't mention your name the first time is because you didn't, in that original call, you, you, anyone who is listening to this can go back. I clipped it. It's on the Matt O'Leary NY Extra channel. It's literally titled The Worst Caller for Just Jets. Uh, 
there is no name mentioned. And Lou has called back before, but any other time that he's called back, he's put his telephone number in him and wanted me to personally call him. One, I don't know Lou a damn thing. Why am I gonna go? Why am I gonna call him? You could call into the show, and I put him on now because he didn't put his telephone number in it. Maybe put your social security in number in it next time too. We'll broadcast that out there. What are we? What are we doing? The Makai Becton thing and the 2020 draft class. I was wrong about. I was wrong. I thought Denzel Mims was a good pick at the time. Uh, he was someone who I th- had a first round grade on. I liked Bryce Hall a lot. I was wrong. I didn't like the Brain Man pick from that draft class. Seemed to be right about that. I hated the James Morgan pick. Definitely seemed to be right about that. Uh, and with the Zach Wilson, the, why? What are you? What are you talking about? The Jets are not the only team that had. Zach Wilson above Justin Fields. Some had Justin Fields higher, which was fair. And if we want to pull the the receipts on that as well, I leaned Zach Wilson. I did, but I always said it was more of like a 2A and 2B thing with Justin Fields. And I also said it was it would be ridiculous if Justin Fields fell any further than three. But if you want to do the revisionist history game, and let's say the Jets did take Justin Fields number two overall, then Zach Wilson's not falling anywhere further past three because they wouldn't have taken Trey Lance over him. And they could say to the cows come home that they were going to take Mac Jones there. But you know Kyle Shanahan was trading up for uh, for Zach Wilson. That was almost a two, an obvious pick everyone thought that would have been the case it's not joe douglas was not out on this on this limb as the only guy who thought zach wilson was was the guy that's just not true and the other reference that you're bringing up is with the syria that salah was going to be better than than sirianni or whatever was talking about the cbs list that put out uh a rankings of the the head coaches when they were hired at before the 2021 season Salah was last. Brandon Staley was first on the list. I said that Brandon Staley should not be first on the list. Guess what? He is worse than Robert Salah. Probably should have been fired. Has had multiple bad decisions that have cost his team one in the playoffs and number two actually trying to make the playoffs. He had Joe Lombardi as his offensive coordinator who did everything and anything to hamstring his young quarterback in Justin Herbert. Like, that was bad. I also said Urban Meyer was going to be a disaster who was ranked higher. And guess what? He was. So, okay. I, I was wrong about uh, Nick Sirianni being a little bit uh, being better than Robert Sala. But that list also had, and I also talked about how it was ridiculous about Urban Meyer uh, and how it was ridiculous for Brandon Staley to be higher up on that list. But we can cherry pick and nitpick all we want about this, right? And honestly, I don't have any interest in calling you up and, and debating you or having you on my show. I'll do you one better. You can make your own YouTube channel. You could make your own podcast and and then see how you do. See what your audience looks like and how you're doing. Because you could take a shot at my, me, Ryan, Greenbean, Richie, Jake Eisman, Jet Central. People are tuning in to us. So you might not like what we have to say, but apparently a lot of Jet fans do. So I'll tell you what. Call back when you have your own podcast or YouTube channel and you have the the 10,000 subscribers uh, and you have the thousands of people watching your stuff every single day. Let me know. I'd be very, very curious to hear it because you know so well. Uh, maybe you, they can hire you to be the general manager because you said fire Joe Douglas and Robert Salas. So uh, maybe they could put you in charge. Um, or I don't know that you didn't give an option for you, you want them fired. Good. Who do you want to bring in then? No, we ne- there's never a solution. We just want to blindly fire people. That's fine.
Do you even like the Jets? Like, why are you calling in and uh, victory lapping the shortcomings? Like, are you happy that Makai Becton continues to get hurt? Are you happy about these things? It's the cynical Jet fan shit, man. If you just, if that's what you want to do, make your own YouTube channel that says Lou, the cynical Jets fan. And record your videos to your five fan, your friends. And that's it. Don't bother me calling in. Because you didn't add anything of value. We laughed at you last time. And we're going to laugh again this time. You're right about Mekhi Becton getting hurt. But you're not right saying that Joe Douglas makes Mike McCagnan and John Idzik look good. You lost any possible respect to your argument that you had when you said that. You shot yourself right in the foot. That was it. It was over. Any possible credibility that you might have just had, you blew it. And spare me with the MAGA BS with it. Like, oh my God, I hated that. It was such a, that was not the reason why. Woody was not involved with that. It was Joe Douglas and this staff. It was probably the wrong pick. They probably should have took Fields or any uh, any other of those quarterbacks. But to say that it was because he was the white guy that they took him, if he was the... If this Jets organization was so bad, do you think, and, you know, closed-minded and, you know, pro-MAGA or whatever, do you think they would have hired the first Muslim head coach in NFL history? That doesn't add up to that logic, but no. Let's just, you know, blatantly spit out these things and say that they're facts when they're not. They're just crazy internet commenter talking points. It's ridiculous. Thank you, Lou, for your contribution. Let's close out with James calling in from New York and why he thinks it's time to go all in. Hey, Matt, it's James from New York. Um, I just wanted to call in and, and discuss the sort of concept of, you know, going for it all, like the selling the future, selling draft picks, and, and you know, kind of my opinion on, on what I think the Jets should do going forward if they have the opportunity to go for a big-name player like someone like Rogers, for example. Um, I hope you don't hang up after this, but just I'm a Yankee fan. Like, uh, born and raised, no, okay. Jets are kind of my outlier team. I'm like <laughs> Yankees, Rangers, Knicks, and then Jets. Um, I know you're Mets and, and Islanders. But one thing I, I really, you know, respect and, and love what Steve Cohen's doing with the Mets right now is, I mean, there is no thought process of not giving it everything you got. Yep. You know, I mean, he is going all in, big contracts trying to get the big players, the, the, the right guys still out of roster properly. And, you know, it's, it's become a World Series or bust mantra. I mean, this is what the Yankees like to, to voice and say they are, but really they haven't lived up to that in, in quite some time. Uh, I look at the Yankees in the last, you know, five, six years. You know, they've made it deep in the playoffs, but they've always seemed to be one player, two players short. And, you know, a lot of us fans, we look back at decisions made by either the front office or by the ownership uh, to not pay or not sign or not trade for big-name players. We say, oh, we should have just, you know, we could have gone for Garrett Holt, Garrett Cole when Houston did, and you know, when Houston won back in 2017, even though, I mean, you know, a legitimate championship, whatever. Um, point is, like, the Yankees have been reluctant to, to risk it all and go for it and, you know, mortgage the future, give up the, their top prospects to, to get those big-name players and put your team over the top. And I, I worry that I see the Jets, you know, potentially going in that same direction. Like, at a certain point, you have to trade that first-round pick. You have to 
you have to give up the first or the second rounder or something to bring in a potentially different maker player, to bring in that player that will push your team to the next level and push you into the, instead of just being a potentially playoff team next year to a basically guaranteed playoff team with a shot at a championship or at least a deep playoff run. Uh, I, I think the Jets have to take that shot. I mean, you know, I've seen some uh, mock trades thrown around for, like, the likes of Rodgers, who, I mean, I, is, I think far and away, number one, should be the number one choice. I mean, if it's going to cost you a first and a second rounder and maybe some player, I mean, that's a no-brainer. you got to do it. You have to, at a certain point, look at your roster and say our roster is skilled enough, we're good enough, we need that one guy to push us to the next level. I've seen it happen with the Yankees where they haven't done that. I don't want the Jets to go down that same road. You have to take the chance at some point. This seems like a good opportunity to do it. If the opportunity is there, go Jets. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, for calling in there, James. A good way to, to end off with. And I like the comparison that you bring up. Any. Uh, as you as a Yankee fan comparing to uh, bringing up the Steve Cohen situation, and, and I would hope that you know any Yankee fan could say that um, you know what you said about about Stevie, and you know as someone who can speak as a as a Met fan, it's very refreshing to have an owner or you know an owner who cares because the last owner, uh, the Wilpons, didn't want to spend out any kind of money. They were cheap and they were toxic and you go right down the line. But at least with Steve, it's he's doing, as you said, everything possible to win. Has it worked yet? No. Will it eventually? Maybe. I obviously hope so. Uh, but you can't say that he's not trying, which is kind of eventually really the point that you're trying to make, James, is it's kind of the, the similar point that Rich made earlier when he called in was eventually you got to go all in and you got to make that make that attempt because you don't want to be stuck in that no no man's land where it's like ah you're like kind of good enough but you just can't seem to get over the hump the Jets haven't even been able to get into the playoffs for the last 12 years that that would be a start just get to the playoffs but that would really show that they're serious about this thing right and it would show that they're serious about this young core which I think is important because you can't waste having all this talent on their rookie deals and not have any clue what the quarterback is the hope was that Zach would figure it out by year two going into year three and he'd be ready to rock and roll in that nice little three-year patch there with a young quarterback ascending quarterback. That hasn't been the case. Get Rodgers, figure it out. Get whoever you, whatever one of these veteran quarterbacks that you deem the best for the fit and, and go win, go win games, go compete, be a playoff team, make a deep run. Hell, make it to the Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl, something. I'll start with and I'll settle for, and it's not really settling. I'd be happy with it. Making the playoffs. That's a hell of a step. I would be thrilled. Even if they got into the wild card round, they got throttled immediately. You take that as a building block. Maybe not if they, they trade for Rodgers. That would kind of be underachieving, I would think. But the, you get the point. You know the point that I'm trying to make, and I agree with you, James. If there was ever a freaking time to push your chips to the table and say, you know what? We got to try to figure this thing out. We got to try to get this going in the right direction. You can't just settle for a decade plus of mediocrity. They are without mediocrity might be nice. How about just abysmal? Because they will have once the Sacramento Kings make the playoffs this year in the NBA, they will have the longest active playoff drought in any of the four major sports here. Unacceptable. Fix it. It's on Joe Douglas to do it. It's on Robert Sala to do it. Both of them. And if they don't, and they'll be gone. 
Thank you guys for tuning into this episode of Just Jets. We transitioned. We did some quarterback talk in the voicemails, but did some prospect talk as well at the top. Shout out to the sponsors, Manscaped and BUSR. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get the show, whether it is on YouTube or in audio form, Spotify, Apple, wherever. Leave a review. Leave a couple stars, whatever the case may be. Leave a comment. I know that stuff sounds tedious and you hear it all the time, but it really it helps a lot with us creators, get us in front of more uh, faces and more uh, people to consume our stuff. So we really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. I am Matt O'Leary, and I'll talk to you next time. Go Jets!